You can't grow a business unless you delegate. Mm -hmm. And I love telling people, if McDonald's can be a multi-billion dollar industry off the back of minimum wage workers that don't even care about their job, but they can still provide a consistent experience, if they can do that, then every company in the world should be able to. But it feels like employers are always saying, oh, my employees aren't smart enough, they don't care enough, they don't put the effort in. First of all, let's start. What hiring mistakes have you made in the past and how bad was it? You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Welcome to Smart Businesses Do This. Today, we're gonna be talking about the hiring mistakes and issues that come with hiring employees, and more importantly, what to do about it. And today's episode is brought to you by upsells.com, a done-for-you solution for offer creation, email marketing, and sales without taking commission, which is a pretty cool offer if you ask me. Now, I am joined by two wonderful people today, entrepreneurs themselves. If you wouldn't mind just introducing yourselves and a little bit about what you do. Yep, my name is Soraya Beers, and we own our CMC Medical Center, so we help patients become their healthiest and happiest self possible. Love that. <laughs> Hi, everyone, I'm Brie Logue. I'm the co-owner of We Buy Sad Houses. We do wholesaling for homes, and we also do fix and flips. I love that. So you buy sad houses. Sad houses and make them happy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You don't buy happy houses. We don't buy happy houses. Well, we do sometimes, but usually you know, they're pretty sad. <laughs> I love that. And with the, with the health centers, how do, you, how do you help people get healthy? What specifically are you doing? So we will help people, of course, with weight loss and then also with their hormones and um, thyroids, things like that. Anything that is not helping them right now become you know, healthy. There's so much better stuff out there than just medication. So I love that. That's great. So it's prevention and alternate right. methods that are not just sniffing herbs. Exactly. Love yep. that. Okay, yep. great. I, I, when anyone says alternate medicine, I'm like, oh, like sniffing herbs. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they are. I just assume that's how it goes. All right, so employees. So you can't grow a business unless you delegate. Mm -hmm. And I love telling people, if McDonald's can be a multi-billion dollar industry off the back of minimum wage workers that don't even care about their job, but they can still provide a consistent experience, if they can do that, then every company in the world should be able to. But it feels like employers are always saying, oh, my employees aren't smart enough, they don't care enough, they don't put the effort in. First of all, let's start. What hiring mistakes have you made in the past and how bad was it? Yeah, so we've definitely made some hiring mistakes. And I think one of the biggest ones is just hiring in a hurry, right? So we always have a motto where we say, quick to fire, slow to hire, right? Just because sometimes you're in that moment, you're like, oh, we got to get somebody. And then all of a sudden you get them and they don't have any of our core values. They don't believe in anything that we wanted, but it was just like, we were in such a hurry. So that is one thing that we try to do is to really go over our core values, see if they align with those. And then if they do, bring them on. But okay. that's what we... How about you? I would say probably... Not the opposite, but I think waiting too long in your business to hire somebody, thinking that you can do everything yourself for so long, I think that was one of the biggest mistakes I made as a solopreneur for quite a long time. I was like, I can do everything myself and I can do it better, you know? Like, what is that <laughs> saying that people always say? If you want it done right, do it yourself. So that was, I think that was my biggest hiring mistake is not actually hiring people. I love that. All right, so if you wouldn't mind diving a bit deeper, 
how bad was that? What did that lead to? Like the mistake of not hiring somebody, how did that play out for you? Yeah, so for three years, I did everything myself and my business plateaued very quickly just because, you know, I am one person and I cannot do it all myself. But I thought that if I tried to delegate other things that they were not going to be done right. And that, that was a huge mistake because now I have people that actually can do these things better than I can. <laughs> how, did you, how did you first make that transition to take on the first person? actually taking videos of everything that I actually do. So as I was doing it, I would start to take videos and really document the entire process. So that way somebody who I can like kind of clone myself, like here's exactly step-by-step what I'm doing and makes it easier. I love that. And how about you? What, what uh, the direct experience of doing this? Yeah, so same thing with us. We definitely have protocols and procedures in place now. And I think just like you said, we want someone, if you can work at McDonald's, you could work at RCMC, right? Because you're gonna have the same protocol, the same procedure no matter who you're seeing. So just like you, whenever we hire someone, we have all of our Loom videos. So whether you're my front desk girl and you're like, well, I don't know how to do this. Okay, go pull up the Loom and you can see exactly how that's supposed to be put in or put done. Whether you're one of my coaches and you're like, oh, what program is that? Go pull up that Loom video and you can see exactly how it's being done. Love it. Do you have a a process for creating those videos or is it just like, ah, turn on Loom and see what happens? So actually, yeah, anytime that I'm training somebody, I have a Loom on me. So if, if somebody's in the process of being trained, we make sure that that is being a Loom video. So if someone else has that same question, they can go to that Loom video and know. So anytime we're training, it's always done through Loom. How about you? Do you have the same thing? Yeah, exactly. It's like whenever I'm like starting to do something new, I'm like, I'm just going to record myself doing it. So it's so much easier to actually go back. And All right. So here's a good question. Let's say you've got an employee that you're working with and repeatedly they're making a mistake. So I'll give you an example. Let's just say that your child's job, I mean, your employee's job is to change the cat litter every day. And he decides that today it's too cold outside of his bed and so, or to come to work. And so he won't get out of his bed despite the fact that these cats clearly have to have their catlets chained every day, trained every day, or changed, sorry. How, how would you handle that situation if it was an employee that was giving you the same kind of trouble despite the fact that they're only seven? And of course, just be really upfront. And so we make all of our KPIs very, very clear too of what they need to be doing every day. So we really set those expectations upfront. And then if they are not doing them, you know, we just have that conversation about like, oh, what happened today? Why did we not do this? If it happens once, okay. If it happens twice, it's going to become a habit. So we try to nip it in the bud right away. Nice. And is there any kind of like punishment procedure you recommend, like timeout? We do not do punishments, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that they didn't do it over and over again for a period of time. What would disciplinary action look like, if at all? Of course, yeah. So we usually give them like three warnings and then we let them go. Okay. So give them three small warnings, like the first one, like, oh, just don't let it happen again. And we try to keep track of everything that they're doing. Love that. Do you have a specific person that does that or is that something you just... That would be me. Nice. I'm the integrator. I love that. Do you have a visionary as well in the company? Yes, my husband. Okay, got it. So you guys are are a double team. Excellent. How about you? How do you go about handling? So for us, which we are not the best at disciplinary, which we are trying very hard, but we have like a bonus system in place. So for example, one of ours is for some reason, it's very hard for employees to get there just on time. So if they are late one day out of the month, then they get 10% of their bonus taken away. If they're late two days out of the month, they'll get 20% of their bonus. If they're late three days a week, they don't get a bonus anymore. So we try to make it because we're all about a community at ours. And so we don't want to do that. And so we try to give them as many chances as possible. But sometimes you do have to just be like, hey, I'm sorry, we've given you three chances. So now you don't. I love that. And who's in charge of implementing that in your company? Is that you? Or you? Um, so we'll have like, we have like regional managers. We have, you know, so the office manager is in charge of, of keeping track of who's been late and not. 
I love that. So in our company, one of the things that we do is we hire for core values specifically. And during the hiring process, we will list all the core values in the company and we'll say to the, to, to the employee, prospective employee, what do you think about these values? Are these things that you believe in and that you would follow? And if any of the employees are like, oh no, that one sucks, that's not me. We're just like, oh, well, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not right for this company. So we think that, that core values are a key component in hiring the right kind of person. Are there any tips or tricks you have for hiring people to make sure you get the right person? Yeah, so we are the exact same way. So we will, we will read over our core values with each of our the employees and say, hey, how do you feel about this? You know, What do you think about this? But for us, it's more important that we will actually have them come in and train like with that position for a week. Like we won't hire anybody. And then whoever's training them or whoever the manager is, we say like, are we sure, right? Because when you're doing an interview, they're all perfect. Oh yeah, I love those, those are my core values. But once they actually have to get in there and do that work for one week, we tell them you are not hired. You're going to first come train for a week. And then if if you fit along with our community, because to us, that's the biggest factor. I tell everyone, you're working with these people more than your family. So if you don't like this person when they're here, they are not part of our family. So in that first week, if they don't fit in, then we don't hire them. Love that. And you? Yeah, core values are very important. We also set up kind of tripwires too, to kind of like give them little mini tests to make sure, you know, they're kind of don't fail them right away. Cause it's very easy. Like you said, everyone wants to yes you and be like, of course I will follow all of these, no problem. But yeah, definitely kind of set up little tests for them. Do you, have, do you have an example of a test that like you could trick me with right now? <laughs> and I know I've put you on the spot, it's fine if you don't. But... I do not. Okay, yeah. But what, what kind of test might you guys use? Yeah, so we do, um, so when we're actually hiring, we have, we call them tripwires, but we have, so we get like a lot, we do mostly be so we do lots of applications and we ask them like right away like can you please put an asterisk in the email when you email me your application can you please send me your resume in a separate email so we kind of sort them out right away kind of like it can they follow simple instructions so that really helps too have you ever heard about the the no green m&ms in the packets for uh, celebrities when they go somewhere do you know where this originated from it's one of my favorite stories so there, there was uh, i forget which band it was but it was a famous band that wouldn't which one? Van Halen. So Van Halen were known for saying uh, they don't want any green M&Ms in their, in their green room. They had to have M&Ms, but no green ones. The reason was they used pyrotechnics, and there are some very strong safety regulations for pyrotechnics. Specifically, you can't create a draft, because if a draft is created, then the flames can burn the members on stage. So because there were very strict rules in the pyrotechnics, they added strict rules for the green room that there must be no green M&Ms. If they went into the green room and there were no M&Ms, or there were, were M&Ms, but there were green ones, they knew that the venue had not read the deep instructions of how to handle the pyrotechnics. So it was actually a safety measure. It was nothing to do with them being you know, high maintenance and everything to do with them having a safety measure to instantly see if they had to double check that the pyrotechnics were handled correctly. So yeah, it's a good, uh, it's, it, it's amazing once, you know, you hear these things, you're like, oh, they're so full of themselves. And it's like, no, wait, that's the best safety procedure ever. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, it always reminds me to think twice, you know, when I'm looking for that. So how do you guys go about hiring people? Like where, what resources are you using to hire people? Yep, so we hire mostly VAs. So we do online uh, onlinejobs.ph. Like I said, you have to really sift through all of the applications. So we do kind of keep very, very specific in our criteria that we are hiring for there. But yeah, it's really easy. I think we only pay them like $100 a week, which doesn't sound like a very much, but over to them, it's a lot. Okay, $100 a week. $100 a week. Wow, okay, so that's, and I know I know that has worked because I used to run factories in Africa, and the biggest mistake I ever made, and this is so important for anyone who's working with international people, you need to know this. 
I went to Africa and we were used to paying like seven pounds an hour to people. So when I went to Africa, I was like, I could pay five pounds an hour and that would save me so much money and they would be so happy. I had 12 employees and they all quit after 30 days because they made so much money in the first month, they didn't need to work for six more months. And then they came back six months later and said, hi, I'd like to work for a month again. And that made me realize that you kind of have to follow the norms of the currency of that country. And you can't bring your ideals to them because I had an unreliable workforce. They didn't want lots of money. They just wanted enough money. And that was their culture. So it's very hard when you apply Western values to other countries. So, and I, I really like sharing that one because people are like, yeah, just pay more. You can afford it. It's like, yeah, but... It doesn't help them. That's not what they want. But what they did love were gifts of mobile phones. That was, they wanted like, they didn't even want the new phone. They wanted like the one from three generations ago. But we could gift our employees an old mobile phone and they'd be like, thank you so much. Because there's a status around having the cool phone. Yeah, we just took a vacation the other day and we're like, oh, we're going to let our VAs have a vacation too. And we didn't really give them, it was very short notice. And he literally like texted me. He's like, do I still have a job? Is this going to be okay? And I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's just a paid vacation. I always forget that's like not very normal for them. Yeah. So it's kind of like learning the cultures and uh, and playing with that. So I love that. How about you? How do you go about hiring people? So we have have some VAs and so of course... Spear rocket. So we use for our VAs. And then our favorite way to, to hire people is, of course, like a referral. So if it's like if whatever one of our employees know that we're hiring, if they know somebody, that's always our favorite way because they kind of know the community. And then wise hire is also one of the ways that we'll hire, too. So just a combination of whichever way, you know, we can find that best employee. Do, do you have a specific person in the company that's in charge of hiring or is it like? Yeah. So it'll go like our office manager is the first line of defense. And then from there, it'll be the regional manager. will They'll do a second interview. And then if they like them, then I'll do the last interview and just, you know, just kind of make sure that, hey, yeah, we're on that same page. Right, so uh, we're in a moment that they're calling the great resignation, where it looks like we're borderline on a recession. But historically, a recession has always come with mass unemployment. But we have a weird situation where we have a lot of jobs available in yes. America, but no one's taking them, which is what's making it this very weird, strange recession where actually jobs are available, but no one wants them. So hiring for some companies is proving difficult. And obviously, uh, I, I work with so many different companies that I'll often get brought in and they'll say, hey, we have a hiring problem. What do we do? And so what we've found that's really good is we've taken a marketing approach to the hiring process. And so we are writing the adverts for jobs as, a, as if it was an advert. And then kind of like you said, we would have the challenges and tripwires and tricks to make sure the people that we hired were good. And we found a massive increase, like we tripled the amount of applicants by doing this. So instead of saying like, so for one of the companies, it was the glamorous job of a truck dispatcher, which means your job is telling trucks where to go inside the company. It's a horrible, horrible sounding job. But, you know, five years ago, you could literally say, truck dispatch job, $22 an hour, you know, six hours a day, five days a week, plus overtime. It was, it was a pretty good job. But now no one wants it because they want to, I don't know, become a, an artist or whatever it is that they want to do that they don't want to do that. So we changed it to, the, the ad headline was, do you like telling men what to do? And that was like the, the opening thing. And it's like... As a backseat driver, you only get to tell one driver what to do. Imagine if we put you in charge of 20 people. And that was like the whole, like the whole thing. And it was just, it was all written that way. It was like, while also enjoying 
four weeks paid vacation and full medical. And this is like how the whole job is described. It's like, and you too can have a wonderful career as a truck dispatcher. And then it was like, you know, please reply in a blue font. And that was the, uh, the, the trip up. But it was great. We tripled the amount of people that were like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to tell truck drivers what to do. It sounds great. Truck dispatcher. <laughs> I'm a truck boss. So anyway, so that worked really, really well. So I love that. Do you have a nightmare story of hiring someone that you thought was a really good employee and then found out they were not a good employee? And then how did you eventually get rid of them? So we hired our first VA and we thought she's going to be really, really great. She was making cold calls for us, which at the time was like a very, very important role. It's how we were getting our leads. And she was doing great. Her numbers from KPIs, which is what we were really tracking, were amazing. She was doing so great. And then we actually, you know, like weeks later, and I was like, it's so weird. We're not actually getting deals from this. And we're actually talking to all these people. We found out actually going through and looking at her calls that she was just calling and hanging up really quickly. So if we actually looked at, we looked at her dial time over time, but we didn't actually look at her every call. So yeah, we just had to let her go flat out after that because, you know, she was essentially lying about making her calls. But it took us a couple weeks to really catch that. So at first we're like, she's training, she's new. <laughs> I love that. That's a good one. And do you have one? So yeah, so we actually had hired a girl and on paper and everywhere, like she was like amazing. She was going to be like the best front desk girl in the world. And she was so happy and like bubbly. And we we're like, oh my gosh, this girl is going to kill it. So all of a sudden she sits down, you know, it's training and she like could barely even answer the phone. We're like, okay, what just happened here? Right. We're like, you got to like pick up the phone. You got to like, you'll say hello. How are you? And seriously, so it goes on for like, and we start warning her like, hey, you know, you got to be a little bit more bubbly. Like, you know, we, at our business, like, you got to sell them on that phone, right? So she could not do it. So it was like a week. We gave her, like, another warning, a second week. So finally, she'd only worked for us for probably, like, what, three weeks, probably? And so we're like, we're sorry. This just isn't going to work. Oh, my gosh. Next thing you knew, we were getting attorney letters that we fired her and that it was, it was the craziest. She literally worked for us, and we're like, no. So, yeah, you just have those nightmare stories, but I was like. Uh, yeah, that's terrible. I, I, the one thing that I've always found, it's very hard to fire somebody who's nice, yeah. And it, it's always the same. Like, you can always fire the people you don't like. It's like, that guy sucks. Get rid of him. But it's the one where you're like, ah, oh, John's all right. It's like, what does John do, though? Ah, uh, not much. But ah, uh, he's so great. And it's shocking how often you keep an employee because they're nice. And so I've always found if you have an employee that's nice and you don't want to fire them because they're nice, you got to let them go, like, real fast. Like, yes. they're going to go. But um, I, I like the Thanos snap method of firing. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Yeah, it's not what you think. It's not like snap and they vanish. It's a bit different. The, Th the Thanos snap method is, if you remember in the movie, the Infinity Game movies and Endgame, Thanos snapped and removed half the population. And then they got the glove back and they could snap them back into existence. So it goes like this. Thanos snapped and removed every employee in your company. But now you've got the glove and you can individually snap them all back. Who would you bring back? Everyone you wouldn't bring back, you should fire. Because it's easy to say, oh, I don't want them to go. Yeah. It's a lot harder to say, oh, yeah, I would hire them again. Yeah. And if you wouldn't hire them again, they should be gone. And that method of firing people, I found, is a lot sharper and lets you know, oh, yeah, I would get rid of a lot of people that I have. And it is the right way to go about, uh, to go about doing it, in, in my mind, as a, as a method of how to do it. I think one of the worst employee choices we ever had, and I, I, don't, I don't mind sharing this publicly, was actually uh, my best friend growing up. And we were doing really, really well in business. And he randomly turned up 
as a coincidence. And I'd worked with him in the past. I was like, we should work together. This is a great idea. And the minute he came, that first month was wonderful. But then everything kind of like declined. I kept believing that he would help. And as the years went by, we couldn't grow beyond a point. It was very frustrating. And it was whenever I'd sit down with him, like, what's going on? There was always some excuse or some reason. And it, but it was very clear, you know, after three years that, that any project he touched never completed. There was always a problem. And so I had to start doing projects without him to, to complete them. And we really wanted to get rid of him, but it was very hard because every discussion was always like, oh, well, this was out of my hand. Oh, well, this. So what we did is we made a point of instead of confronting him on each individual problem where there would always be a very good excuse that, that almost made it you couldn't get rid of him. Like it was like, oh, well, I suppose that makes sense. So we wrote them down instead. And at the end of 30 days, we, we had on average 60 critical failures. So two a day. And so I sat down with him and I said, hey, we need to talk. I was like, I'm not here to talk about any one thing that went wrong. I'm here because I want to find out why in a 30-day period we had 60 critical failures directly relating to your departments. And he went, I don't have an answer for that. I was like, I didn't think so. I was like, I bet if I looked at each one individually, you would have a very good reason. But the answer for why there were 60 failures in 30 days is suddenly a lot harder. And I said, I'm going to put it to you. It's because you don't want to be here. And he said, yeah, you're right, I don't. And I was like, in that case, there's a few ways we can handle this. Because you're my friend. I was like, one, you can quit and I'll pay you three months salary as a friend and say, you know, good luck. Two, we can reduce your hours down and you can be a part-time consultant because there's some things you do that, that we do like and, you know, we can just get you for advice. Or three, you can step up and do the work. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to quit. And, you know, thanks for saying that. And so, so that's how we, we parted ways. But it occurred to me that sometimes a company will keep an employee because they like them or because it looks like it's out of their hands where things are going wrong. But the right employee is always just going to get the work done because that's the point of the job. It's like, get it done, you know? And I think if you are not going to Thanos snap your employees back after they got Thanos snapped out, then, then it's your job to, to Thanos snap them out. So one question I would like to ask you, when it comes to firing somebody, what's your, what's your way of doing it? How do, you, how do you handle it? Do you just send them a text message and be like, you don't need to come in today, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I think my, uh, my favorite, uh, Eve's actual favorite, my fiance, her favorite way of firing somebody <laughs> is uh, she'll say to them, I've got some great news for you. You're going on vacation. <laughs> I go, yay. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so it's, we're going to have to let you go on vacation indefinitely. Uh, so yeah, so I, I, I love that one. I think that's really, it's uh, not what I would recommend just to be clear. But yes, so how do you let people go? So that is definitely, I am one of the, that was, that's always the hardest part, like you said. I mean, I feel like if it's someone that you're just like, oh, you suck, yeah, get him out of here. But most of the times it's someone that you've had a relationship with and it's just kind of like that long that we give them chance after chance. So usually it will be, Brian would usually call him in. I'm not the best. So, but yeah, or if it's, luckily now we've kind of gotten a little bigger. So we have like regional managers and things like that. So they'll kind of handle the situation. But yeah, we always will call them in and always give them two weeks pay or whatever the pay is. Like we're not just going to just say no, but we always try to give them something. And, and yeah, we, we've given them chances. So definitely. Love it. 
So I was gonna say the same. My husband is more the fire than I am. I'm too nice, but I'll also, I'm very much a numbers person. So I'll be like, oh, here's all the data. And this is exactly why it's not because of you personally, especially where, you know, we're small businesses. So it's like we grow really close to our employees. Mm. So yeah, just let them down easy. So um, something that I came to the realization of uh, recently is that as a business owner, you shouldn't be the one to fire anybody. And this was a real tough one because employees want to get fired by you. And I've seen this in many companies, employees are like, no, you should tell me yourself. And actually, no, you shouldn't. And I'm gonna explain why I don't think the owner of the company should do it. First of all, number one, if you're firing an employee, you're firing them because they have failed to do their job. There is an exception, which is if you're letting people go. There's a big difference. If you're doing a mass firing, you should do that. But if, a, if an employee is underperforming and you're letting them go, they have already wasted wasted time and taken up an opportunity cost. The time it now takes to fire them and manage their feelings is a waste of the most expensive resource in the company, which is the owner of the company. I had a situation where we had a staff member who was a contractor and the contractor asked for a pay rise. And I'd been unhappy with the contractor's work for a few months. So I said to them, I think you're very brave to ask for a pay rise. <laughs> and he said, well, look at this list of things that I do. And I said, no, that's your task list of things that you have yet to do. That's not the same. I'm not an idiot here. Like you've, I see this long list of things I really wanted you to have done, but they are not done. I was like, so, so I don't know if you deserve a pay rise. And he says, well, I, I think I deserve one and, and I'm gonna get this done. And I said, okay, well, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna hold you to the fire on this. I'll give you the pay rise, but I'm now gonna pay a lot of attention to what you do. Prove you're worth it. Cause I don't think you're worth it right now, but if you're telling me that the pay rise is gonna motivate you to be worth it, then hell yeah, you get it. And he goes, no problem. So I said, one of the biggest things is, I, I need a 24 hour response to something. I don't need an instant response, but within 24 hours, I need a response. I was like, and I've noticed it takes two to three days to hear from you. I get you're a contractor, but you are contracted every day. So while you, know, you may only be working from nine till 12, if I send you a message at 3 p.m., I wanna hear, um, hear about it in the nine to 12 session the next day. And he said, no problem, that's easy. Fast forward two weeks, I send a message, it takes three days to get a reply. So naturally I bring this up, hey, took me three days to get a reply, what's that about? And he said, well, you have to understand I have other clients. I'm contracted to you, I don't have to respond within a time frame." And it, my internal head said, well, that goes against what you said, buddy, and you are contracted every day. Also, those clients came from me. They were referrals I gave, so, so there's a whole thing here. But I said, okay, point made. And I waited a little bit longer and there were like two or three other issues, and so, I made the decision to fire him. I didn't do it myself. I had one of my employees do it because I was like, I don't want to deal with this guy. And we fired him. And so I found through the grapevine, the employee that fired him came to me and said, he was very shocked that you let him go without notice and that you didn't do it yourself. And I said, because they're friends, they know each other. And I said, please feel free to tell him, well, not friends, but acquaintances. I said, please feel free to tell him that first of all, he shouldn't be shocked. We had a discussion about this. Secondly, you can tell him I didn't do it myself because he has wasted so much of my time already, I didn't want to waste any more time in the meeting. And finally, as a contractor, I don't need to give him notice. And if he is going to hold me to the fire on him being a contractor, he can be reminded that he is also a contractor and therefore I can just choose not to pay him the next month and not hire him. And, uh, but I think a lot of business owners are afraid to fight back mm -hmm. when, when you have to, when, when you have to be like, no, they're, they're holding me to, to a standard. It goes the other way when you have a good employee though, which is where you have to really inspire them. And so I think it'd be really good to hear from you guys 
how do you reward good employees when someone's doing good? Yeah, so we check in every time. We also do bonuses. Um, so we check in every day with our employees to see how they're feeling. I also do a monthly check-in, um, a Zoom call or just regular call, whatever they feel more comfortable with. Um, I really just kind of check and see how they are. And if they are doing well, our numbers are doing well, we definitely reward them with bonuses. Love that. Very, very cool. And yourself? Yeah, so that's actually a tough one for us um, because... I feel like I do try to be that nice. And so we were really into community. And so we're really into that, like, I, I wish that I was better at, like, rewarding just individual people because I think that's how it really should be. But where we are is we try to do more, like, community rewards, right? So the whole team gets rewarded, which I don't think that's how it should be. I think it should be. So when we have, like, for example, we just rented a party bus and I took all the offices down to L.A. And we, you know what I'm saying? So we do a lot more team bonding things where – we do have some of those employees that should be rewarded more individually, but we don't do a very, very good job of that. We try to keep it more of a team, so. All right, so in a moment, I'm gonna ask you guys, what do smart businesses do, which is how we like to, to round up every uh, end of each episode. But before then, if you could improve one aspect of your employee hiring and firing process, how would you improve it, what would you do? So this is actually what we're working on right now, and it's like, we're, we're really working on being holding everybody accountable to the same things, right? So for example, some people are allowed to be late or some, right? And it's like to be able to start getting to that next level, it's got to be that we all expect greatness from everybody, right? Like whoever that employee is, you're going to come in at seven o'clock, you better be in at seven o'clock or whatever it is. So for us right now, we're really trying to hold that everybody has to be held to the same standards. And there is no, well, I've been here the longest or I get this treatment or that treatment. It's that everybody's held to the same standard. I love that. Yeah, it's a huge thing for us, too, is making sure that we know our core values and we know our KPIs for them and that we all keep them held the same standard for sure. That's awesome. All right, so um, let's finish up with what do smart businesses do in your mind? Yeah, um, they hire fast and fire fast, I guess, as well. <laughs> hire, <laughs> hire fast, fast and fire, fire fast. <laughs> <laughs> Just know your KPIs. Treat your VAs like people. They are employees. Keep them to a high standard like your employees as well. I love that. And yourself? Yeah. So I think as far as like a business goes, our number one motto and rule is service. Like we want to be the best service. Like you could go to any other place, but if you come to my place, like I'm going to give you the best service. No matter if you see my MA or if you talk to my VA, like whoever you talk to at our CMC is going to give you the best service. And I think that hopefully is going to keep us in business forever. Question from the audience is, when you're working with a VA, how many KPIs do you give them so they don't feel overloaded? So we make sure, so it depends on what kind of VA they are. So if we're doing cold calls, we track their calls. We track how long they're actually physically talking to people. We track the leads that we're getting from them. Uh, we use a CRM, which really helps us kind of dial all the numbers automatically too, which is super helpful. And then say for like our lead generators are people that pull lists and I have them write down how many people they pulled, how many people they're skipping, how often they do it a day. So they also... We have like set hours, but they don't always work set hours because things happen. They don't have reliable internet sometimes. So we also have them clock in and out like normal employees do. The question from the audience was, have you ever had a situation kind of like what Elon Musk did, where he went up to somebody and said, hey, I'm going to try your job for a week. You get a week off. And if I do a better job than you, fired. And then he did a better job and he fired her. Have you guys ever done anything like that? No, but I've started with the job usually before we hire people. I've done that job, so I know what it entails. And it's very easy for me to tell, like, is this person doing, you know, meeting the expectations that we set? Love that. And uh, have you? So I think it's hard as the business owner because 
I'm going to tell you, I think I could do that job better than anybody because I care way more, right? So I don't feel like that would be, like you said, I think if you're just going to judge it like, okay, are you doing your job good? But if I'm going to compare to how I'm going to do it, probably none of them are going to do it the way I do it because they don't have that same care that I have, right? So I feel like that's really hard as the business owner. So the next question from the audience is, how do you get a staff member to understand it's not just do the task, but it's make sure the job is done. So, you know, if there's a task where you're like, you know, you have to get somebody to turn up to a meeting, and he's like, well, I sent a text message, they never responded, I don't know what's going on, but it's like, actually, you know, you have to keep chasing until they do. How do you drive home the importance of getting the job done? So for us personally, we have every single morning, we have a virtual office. So like I'm here in Texas, I have my three offices in California. So we're all on at the same time. And every single office, I'll pick two people and they have two commitments and one personal that they're going to tell me that they're going to work on for that day. So the two commitments are what, are what are two things you're going to do for the office as far as giving service. And then I want to know one personal thing that you're going to work on for that day. So every office, we pick one person from every office. And then the next day we ask them, hey, what were your two, you, you gave me these two commitments and that personal, did you do it? And it's either a yes or no. And most of the time they feel really stupid when they say no, right? So I just feel like by us keeping those values every day, like people are like, oh crap, is she going to call on me? And if I call on them and they don't have the two commitments, it's like, hey, why don't you have two commitments you're going to work on today, right? So we do it personally, like every day, like, okay, give me these people. And so, and also like I tried to lead by example, right? Like they, they can come into my virtual office anytime and I'm talking to someone and I am just loving on that person, right? Like, hey, bring them into my office. I want to talk to them right now. So I think for me personally, it's leading by example and also expecting that from them, right? Like, why did you get that done, right? Like you said you were going to do this for me. So that's how we try to do it. So next question from the audience is, how do you uh, keep an employee for a long period of time? Like, because at some point they might want to go off and do their own thing or do something different. How do you motivate them to stay? So for us personally, as you guys can tell, I am all about family. Like my employees are literally my family. And every year they get rewarded. So like after you've been with me for five years, you get to go on a trip, which is called Crash My Playa. Um, and so we go to Crash My Playa and I have four employees right now that get to go with me on that every year. We just had a girl who retired from us who worked with us for 15 years. So she literally retired. Like, so we try and do whatever we can to make our people family. Like when you work for me, like I will freaking give you whatever I have to, to make sure that if your family needs something, you know, you can come to me and I'm going to help you. So that has been our biggest factor because I hate turnover. When I, when employee, if an employee leaves me for something better, I'm like, I am so happy. I'm so proud of you. Like you freaking did awesome. And they know that, but if you're going to, you will not leave me for the same job. You won't just because I'm going to make sure that if you're at my company for that job, you couldn't go anywhere else for that same job. Right. But we have, MAs that move up to an RN or a higher position, right? Then yeah, I'm proud of you. You did freaking awesome. But if someone's working for me, they know that you are part of my family. Like okay. I said, my VAs, I tell them we're, we're going out to the Philippines this summer to take them out, to take them to freaking the best restaurants, the best you know, hotels they've ever been to. Because we want them to know you aren't just, you're, you're part of our family, right? Like without you, I'm nothing. I need you guys. So that's how we try to treat our employees. So we also, they also are a part of our, so whatever we collect every month, they know they get 2%. So the more we collect, right, there is no like, oh, yeah, so the whole company, right, everybody. So that's, so like if we have a shitty month, I'm like, guys, we had a, right, like we all together had a shitty month, right? We have a big month. We all just grew this month. So they know like, like this, we're in November now, right? I'm like, guys, we got to end strong this week, right? Like, come on, we can do this. So they know that they're part. It's not just the more money we make, oh, you guys, no, they make more money. They get 2% of whatever we collect, they get 2%. So that just kind of keeps them motivated. And I'm on them. Like, dude, I want you guys to have a freaking $600 bonus this month. You know what I mean? Like, come on. So 
But, and they also know that, um, so when our company grows, they grow as well. So it's not just, you know, we're all individuals and it's just this big company they're working for. They also know that they always have positions to move up to when the company grows as well. Awesome. I love that. Very, yeah. very cool. So in your mind, what do smart businesses do? So smart businesses, I think, like I said, just give the best service. Okay. Best service is, I think, you can't go wrong with. Love it. So I'd say smart businesses love on their employees and like I said, treat them like family, I think is a really big aspect of it. And, you know, treating your VAs like they are part of your actual company because they are part of your team and they are super essential. I love that. I would say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Smart Businesses Do This. That's us for another episode. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.